Good afternoon, everybody. It is a couple minutes after 5 o'clock on a Wednesday, November 6, 2019. And I was hoping never to have to say this, but uh, we're still living in a world of prohibition, folks. We're still living in a world of prohibition. We started this show, uh, or a version of this show, over five years ago. And... uh, I remember saying it's 2014, and we're still fighting prohibition. 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, and now we're almost done with 2019, and we're still dealing with prohibition. I want to share with you a saying. It's a saying that you've probably all heard. And I hope it applies here. I have to feel that in my heart it does, at least on some level. Um, And the thing is this, simply, it's always darkest before the dawn. And um, if you've ever been out at 4 o'clock in the morning, it's always really dark and as cold as it's ever going to get. And then come 5 o'clock or 5.30 or 6 or whatever time the sun comes up, all of a sudden, uh, out of nowhere, wham. And I think it's like that when we're working on a long journey, like uh, this fight to end prohibition. Um, Civil rights warriors, and it goes all the way back to, you know, the first civil right infringement long before society had laws. There was somebody fighting for their rights. And I think that for those of us that have been in this for the long haul, sometimes, you know, you see little victories, you see people come and go, you see things. The longer you've been in it, the more things you see. And it's been my experience that as we get close to a real breakthrough, and, you know, granted, are we going to go straight from where we're at to some utopian world where we all just get to live together and, and, uh, get along without infringing on each other's rights, without suffering consequences? Probably not. Is there still going to be injustices? Probably. But I just can't help but feel that we're making, about to make a big step. And uh, I'm going to explain what I mean by that, as the darkness is really kind of dark right now, but there's a lot of really good things popping. So this is a podcast called The Cup of Joe. And uh, I got a weak ass cup of Joe with me right now. It's brewed sometime this morning, and it's about maybe an eighth full. Not even tepid. It's colder than the air, but you know what? It's a cup of Joe, and I'll sip on it until a fresh one comes. This is a podcast that uh, is brought to you by the Human Solution International, a 501c3 federally recognized human rights group that internationally champions those rights bestowed upon us by our creator of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We're not a political group. We're an action group. We're a human rights group. We're an organization that cares about each other so much so that we're willing to get out there and do something about it. We're going to talk about that. If you want to be part of this show right now today, 
Um, you can pick up your phone and dial 646-929-2495. And we're on the air, or I don't know what you call the podcast air, but we're, uh, we're, we're podcasting live on Zoom, and that is being shared around on Facebook. And um, we'll talk about Facebook a little bit as we move along through the show. Um, I welcome your input. The topic of the show today is, what are you doing to help end prohibition? What are you actually doing? I want to know. I know what I'm doing, and we're going to talk about what I'm doing, what the Human Solution is doing, but what are you doing? I've uh, run into some angry people over the last week or so, and I, I find it interesting that when people have enough time and energy to be angry and spew and whatever it is they do, I think to myself, we must be getting close to something. We must be getting close to actually making some real changes. Uh, Craig Cecil will be joining us today. Um, if you guys have been paying attention on my public Facebook page, which, again, it's a dichotomy. I think it, Facebook or social media in general, I think hurts us as much as it helps us. But we live in the 21st century. we got to use the tools that are given to us in the best way we can. So I keep this page, um, I try to keep it current. I try to keep up uh, with things that we're doing, sharing stories and pictures, and uh, these podcasts get shared, and, you know, that's a, that's a big part of, of what our ability to reach out to you is. A lot of big announcements coming. So our website, thsintl.org, that's THS for the human solution, I-N-T-L, international.org. It's changing platforms, and hopefully in the next few days that change will be complete. So for the past few years we've been operating a, a WordPress site. And if you've ever used WordPress, it's a good platform if you're really good at it and you know, you're able to maintain all these different plugins and you understand and, you know, if you, if you really got a lot of time, energy, and skills, it, you can create anything with it. It's literally a blank slate. But for most of us, um, there's clunky plugins and there's uh, updates and things that work today but not tomorrow or things that are free today but not tomorrow. And it's really kind of almost a full-time job if somebody wants to do it really well. And we are an all-volunteer organization without a full-time webmaster or mistress, as the case is. So the platform that our walkforchange.us, that's walk4change.us, is being hosted on is a much um, more user-friendly platform. And it creates a website that's a lot more... Uh, professional looking um, right off the bat without us even having to try that hard. And it's interactive. It uh, has all kinds of features to it that will allow us to do things that we struggled with uh, with the old site. So please stay tuned. Um, within the next few days, that's going to be going live. If uh, you've been following along on my public page at all, I've been sharing Craig Cecil's uh, emails that we've been going back and forth, 
And uh, last week they had him on overtime and on his job, his J-O-B, at, uh, I think it's Unicor, whatever the company is that he works for. I think he's making... I think he's making uniforms of some kind. I don't know. He's always doing. We'll we'll get into his job if he wants to talk about it. But um, he's been spotty, you know. He he. They put him in the solitary housing unit for a month and a half or a while, so he wasn't on the show for five or six weeks. And then he came on a bit. And then he was off a bit. But I've been connecting with him through the email system in the Bureau of Prisons called CoreLinks. And I've been sharing those messages with you guys, so at least you have a direct connection to Craig. And I've also offered, and I welcome anybody who wants to send a message directly to Craig, um, just shoot it to me in an email or a messenger, and I will get it to him. And Helen, I did get your message to him, and uh, he just finally responded to me from the last thing a while ago. So um, I will be sharing those as they come through. It's a way that we can directly communicate, um, even though not every time can this show be the vehicle for that. So we work for we we look forward to communicating with Craig. I know that our interaction with him has helped him tremendously. And it's one of the things that we do to help end prohibition. You know, ending prohibition is a big deal. It's not a single act that's gonna make it happen. Well, it could be if we all got ourselves together pulled our heads out of our proverbial asses, put our egos on a shelf and decided we wanted to work together, we could do it just like that. We could just simply demand it, and it would be so. But since that hasn't happened, we're going at it from a lot of different directions. One of the ways that we're going about it is making policy changes, and we're going to talk about some of the things we've done to do that. What we're doing as the Human Solution International and its team of members. Um, another thing we can do is educate people, teach people about the truth about prohibition, the truth about cannabis, the truth about our rights, the truth about our right to say not guilty if we are seated in a jury and determine that a law that is being held in play is immoral or unjust. We have a right and even an obligation to just say not guilty on its own merit. Straight up, you know, I don't know how many times I hear people make the argument, it's legal. If it wasn't legal, you shouldn't do it, and that's the way the law is, and if you just don't like that, well, that's too bad. We live in a rule of laws. And guess what, folks? And we have this conversation regularly, and we'll keep having this conversation as long as you keep pulling out these asinine arguments. Throughout all of history, there's been terrible, 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 terrible laws. It's been legal to own each other. It's been legal to kill each other, to maim each other, to oppress each other in so many ways. It's been legal for companies to take horrible advantage of their employees. It's been illegal for women to own property and vote. I could go on and on and on. These have all been laws that at their time were the law. And what did people do? They broke those laws because they should have. It was the right thing to do because they were bad laws. Well, guess what? Unless you or anybody, and yet it hasn't happened to this day, nobody's come to me and explained to me how or why a government, any government, 
has a right or a reason or both to make a plant which is a living thing that we didn't create nor can we destroy illegal a crime how do you make a plant a crime and yet we have and we've allowed it and for generations we've let it be policy we've let it be the law of the land we have supported it we've created a world where it's okay to have illegal plants so much so that we're willing to take any bitty little baby steps and try to get some kind of, of, of access, a little bit of safe access. Bullshit. Are you kidding me? It's a plant for God's sake. Let that soak in. You know, it's funny. I'm struggling right now. Oh, am I struggling right now? i got a whole series of teams that were gaining on some and losing on some, but I am going to stay the course because that's what I do. But I'm just trying to understand how to communicate better because, you know, I'm pretty good at doing some things. Like this thing here I can do all right. And I can, I can, I can communicate well in certain ways. But I was reading about how to help people in a certain way. And one of the things that came up in this, in this tutorial I was listening to was that generally speaking, human beings will retain about 10% of what they hear. And I said, holy shit, that's where I'm going wrong. I need to be speaking in pictures, in signs. I don't know signs, shit. Well, probably neither do you, so it wouldn't matter if I learned it. I could do pictographs, I could do hieroglyphics, I could do some sort of cartoons. I wish I was a cartoonist. I'd be drawing up on a board right now. 10%. Yeah, I just had a meeting, a very important company meeting a week ago, and it blew me away. I spent all this time writing out all these things that were so important, and I had this really important message to get through, and I prepared for it, and I laid out all my points, and I went through and I did everything right. I mean, I even went back and I looked at all my notes. I'm like, yeah, I did that right. And I laid out my, my premise and I, and I laid out all my points. And one of the people of my team wasn't here. So I said, well, make sure that you get that to them because it's important. Oh, it's so important. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change the course of my company. It's that important. And just today, or yesterday, it was yesterday, I said, can you repeat what I said, or in whatever way you can, to demonstrate that you got some of this, so that this person, I could know, got the message. And I'll be god dang if about 10% of the actual message was got. And the real core of it, the real meat and the potatoes, what this message was all about, shoom, went right over three out of four people that were there, or four out of five people. And I thought to myself, what did I do wrong? And that's where we're at right now. You know, we live in a world where communication is so important. And if we can get these messages, these truths, 
You have power. You have power. You can change the world with your vote. You can change the world by being a juror. You can change the world by the way you communicate and tell the truth about something to somebody. Connect with them. Look them in the eye. Put your friggin' box away. Stop texting each other. Talk. Communicate. Look at us. Speak. Touch. That's how we're going to get it to happen. One by one, two by two, we can get these messages through. We can change. We can change the world to where we want it. And we can say, it's a plant. The truth about this plant is it never killed anybody. It's unique in its plantness in that as one of the safest substances on this planet, regardless of anything else. Okay, and here's to all of everybody who's so caught up in the, oh, it's got to be regulated because they're going to spray poisons and they're going to this and they're going to that. Throughout all of history and all of the poison spraying and the paraquat and the DDT and all the horrors of yesteryear, nobody's died from cannabis. Nobody. Let that one soak in for a minute. All right, we have our friendly Manitoba chapter on the line unexpectedly, and it makes me happy. I hope it's good news they have to share with us, and I know that they generally don't have a whole lot of time to talk, so I'm going to jump in. We have Janice and or Devin, um, two of my favorite people in all of life. Hopefully they've got some good news. Welcome to the show, my friends. Hi, Joe. It's just Janice today. (laughs) And Hello, I don't Janice, have. A, a, I'm good. How about you? I'm fantastic. Um. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't have any anything like any really good news to share. But um, I just wanted to phone in and say hello. And then I just. Uh, I guess we have a meeting coming up, so I just wanted to let everyone know that we have a meeting coming up in November 19th at seven o'clock at Healthcare Medical Marijuana at 625 Sergeant at 7. Um, and other than that, um, I know that uh, last time we had seen some of our community people, they were interested in the Walk for Change. So at the meeting, I'm going to, I guess we'll be talking about that and hopefully looking for a leader that may, might be interested in trying to encourage the Walk for Change across Manitoba and maybe even across Canada. So I guess that's the news. <laughs> that would be wonderful. You know, what's what's interesting is I'm going to be tomorrow night heading down to Mexico, and I'm going to be meeting with a medicine woman that I've been working with down there in in uh, working on developing some new things, and she's going to be walking with us too. So we're going to okay, be nice. on some level, and it could be a huge level, could be some small level, doesn't matter. On some level, we're going to be walking across three nations, in North and South America next year. And that, to me, is so exciting. And, you know, you guys have, have, if anybody, you know, we have a whole new audience here, a lot of new people, and we've been reaching out to new markets. We've got um, two other podcasts that we're kind of working together with. We've got a new chapter out of Texas. And um, we've been working really hard to, to bring more unity across, you know, the nation and across the continent. I'm, 
I'm kind of actually referring to us as the as North America now rather than just the United States. And because you guys have really played an important part in our history and and you know what? There's Craig Cecil. Are you able to stay on the line for a few minutes? Uh yeah, sure. Awesome. All right, I'm going to bring up Craig because he hasn't been able to talk for the last little bit. Oh, and we'll get right back. We're Search for this call. This call is from Craig Cecil. An inmate at a federal prison. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Hang up to. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Hello, Joe. I'm looking out the window at. In uh, Terre Haute, Indiana, it's drizzling and it's stone dark outside, and it's—I uh, think it's about 35 or 40 degrees. Wow! Yeah, we just shifted off of uh, daylight savings time, so it's stone dark out here as well, and it's probably about 75 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I've had an odd week. I, I've got some real good news, and then today some bad news. <laughs> oh no! Well. Tell us, uh, why don't you tell us the good news first? (laughs) Well, the good news is, is, as you know, uh, the institution seized all my paperwork, all my legal papers, even blank papers, so that I couldn't file anything against the officer who broke my elbow. So, uh, and they've been, you know, real closely monitoring me and all that, and uh, that was the reason they even put me in the shoe for six weeks I, so I couldn't use the phone or email or anything else. Well, uh, the prosecutor who's a, opposing me in the case, they were aware of them taking all my legal papers. They even admitted to it uh, when he called them, apparently. So he offered to replace anything that they, they took that I needed. Oh, good. So said, well, that's good news. Yeah. Well, then uh, earlier today, a staff member who had read my mail when that came in, came and told me that even if they send it, they're just going to keep searching my cell and seize it back again so that I can't uh, put anything in any court anywhere. Do you have, I mean. I think of that. Well, some dark and evil people. Oh, yeah, prison guards. That, that, might, be the, that might be the category of people that might fit that. Crazy, crazy. So, I mean, what, what can we do? I mean, you know, I mean, we've been. There's been a number of people that have been contacting, you know, the prison. There's been a number of letters written. There's been people reaching out to elected officials, and we're, we're continuing to do that. I guess maybe with this specific issue that's happened, maybe we can address it again in a very specific way. Yes, like, like I said, my concern is, is just allow me to have my legal papers. I really don't want to sue this person or anything. That was never my goal. I, I just want my elbow fixed, which this week at least the medical department finally told me they made an appointment with a specialist to look at my elbow. So wow. hopefully the, now it, it got broken on August 25th, but at least <laughs> at least the medical department, you know, said they're going to do something. So oh, my God. Well, um, I understand. So I'm just – I kind of explained to everybody on the show that – We've been trying to communicate better through Coralinks because, you know, last week they, they put you on overtime and you weren't able to call in, and uh, then they lock you up in the chute so you don't have access. So you've got a lot of people that, that care and, and are, um, 
interested to help and stay in contact with you, and I've I've opened up uh, one of my pages so that people can send me a message, and I will just copy it and forward it directly over to you so you can respond to more people directly through that if you like. Um, and I had sent you one over a couple of days ago, but I know it's you've had spotty uh, ability to communicate. So just wanted you to know that that's what's going on on this side of it as well. I think that's the number one thing that's helping because so often when people go to the shoe, they're completely out of sight, out of you know mind from the rest of the prison compound, actually from the from the whole world, and uh, and. Although it's a very secure environment, I've seen more people killed and badly beaten in, in the shoe than anywhere else in the prison, where it should actually be impossible. Because any time an inmate group moves around in the shoe, they have to be handcuffed, and they have to have an officer with at least one hand on them escorting them. Now, how did so many inmates end up dying? Like Jeffrey Epstein, who now they've discovered that the... Uh, New York police officer that had put in his cell for the few days before he died had beat him up on three different occasions. Yeah, you know, it's funny what happens when people aren't watching. Um, they, it, it sometimes seems to bring out the best of people in, in the most sarcastic way, of course. Yes. You know, it's, um, I, you know, it's, it's part of what our Walk for Change is about. You know, just before you called um, I had our, our friendly Manitoba chapter from Canada um, calling in, and they're going to be marching with us. You know, we're organizing this walk for change across the country, and um, we're going to be marching up in Canada, and I'm, I'm heading down to Mexico tomorrow to work with the medicine woman down there, and they're going to be walking, marching in Mexico as well. So we're organizing this, you know, as a global walk for change and raising awareness, not just about ending prohibition, but about human rights violations, including um, criminal justice problems that, that obviously we're dealing with, um, not just in the United States, but in Canada as well and in Mexico as, you know, anybody who knows anything about, you know, Mexico, their, their criminal justice system's horrendous. And and yet I don't know that ours is any better in some in some ways. Now in Canada, marijuana is legal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's legal. Legal really is a laughing matter. Yeah, yeah, it's legal like it's legal in California. It's legal for some people to do something, and if you've got all the money and all the the clout and get able to get through all the hoops then you, too, can have access. But generally speaking, the general people, um, a lot of people are not allowed to grow in their own property. They're not allowed to uh, make and distribute things on their own. It's all through this narrowly licensed, heavily regulated system. Okay, so their laws are so restrictive as, as to be it's, you know, nowhere near able to call it legal. No, it's just like it is here. There's still raiding dispensaries out there. You know, it, it, what, what happens in, in so many cases, and this is where, you know, my show is, is about telling the truth about these things because people just don't know in that somebody's allowed to do something, so therefore it's legal, right? 
But what about everybody else? What about the rest of the community that's not allowed to do that? Well, it's still illegal for them. And, you know, there's certain things that certain people can do to be legal, but many, many, many people don't have the means or the knowledge or the ability um, to, to pay the fees to uh, travel as far as they need to go or to uh, most Many, many people just want to grow a few plants for themselves. And in many cases, no, they can't do that because of the way that their restrictive laws are set up. And it's, um, you know, when it's going to be legal is when it'll be treated like a tomato, you know, when, it's, uh, when it'll be like a rutabaga where you can grow it and sell it and make paste out of it and do whatever you want with it. And it, it might be taxed. It might be dealt with on some level like other foods or medicines are, but it won't be a crime. You know, there's no rutabaga crimes anywhere I know, like not one. I could have all the rutabagas I want, and I wouldn't be a criminal no matter what I did. Well, one thing I know you pointed out in the past is in a lot of areas, the uh, marijuana arrests have just changed <laughs> because now they're just violating the new laws. Exactly. So, you know, so often even unaware that they're even violating the laws. Exactly. There was just an article I posted yesterday that claimed that over one million illegal marijuana plants were seized this year alone in California, land of milk and honey. And the number of arrests have gone up by a third in California this year over last year. Now what? what I did read an article here about. Uh, Busting what was supposed to be a hemp farmer was apparently a, a regular marijuana farm out in California. <laughs> well, you know, again, there comes these problems where you can have this but not that, and this is pot but that's hemp, and that's that's got 0.3%, but that's got 0.6%, so it's illegal. You know, there's 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 a, got to be some common sense that comes into this. There was a giant hemp crop, uh, I, I don't know, 150 pounds or something, I think it was in New York, that was seized, and then it was determined to be hemp. And so it goes both directions. They, they, you know, they think it's this, but it's that. The technology is there, but they're not using the right technology to determine um, the potency of things. And even the potency technology varies a lot depending on how it's being tested and who's doing the testing. So, you know, I... I think if we were to just interject some common sense, the one good thing that happened in California is there's less felonies being sentenced. You know, even though people are getting arrested and they're still having their property seized, there are less long sentences being issued because in California, even if you get arrested and charged, in many cases the, 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 the penalties have gone down. So there are still people getting charged and, and sentenced. There was a guy that just got sentenced to 70 years, <clears throat> another guy that just got sentenced to 13 years, I think, in California. But um, for the most part, most of these people are getting um, fines and misdemeanors and uh, low-level felonies that they're pleading to. Wow, it's a it's still not ending. No. Hey, have you set a date? Have you set a 
got a date for the march because I haven't seen a date. I probably should have. Well, what's happening is is we're we're working on logistics. As you can imagine, this is a huge project, and so it's we set the date of June because it'll be in the month of June for sure that we that we head out. And what we're doing now is we're we're trying to narrow down specific um, locations where we're going to be kind of marching from rally point to rally point, event to event. And so if we leave California um, and, you know, our first event is going to be maybe, I don't know, in Arizona or, or whatever, the first, you know, our first mile marker. And we're, we're now at that stage where we're starting to plot the route and lay out um, some tentative dates. So it'll be probably the first or second week of June that we that we launched this thing. Fantastic, fantastic. And that'll there get us... There to be a lot more awareness. Well, you know, what's interesting is we're starting to get uh, more and more people. Now, everybody I've brought to this, too, if we can present it in the right way, everybody has, has embraced it. And, uh, you know, we're starting to get some sponsorships. We're starting to get some commitments of sponsors, we're starting to get, um, you know, people willing to uh, organize uh, events, press conferences, rallies, um, people are offering to put up, the, you know, the marchers at their houses to, to give them a place to sleep and to, uh, to feed them, you know, that's a big, a big proposition, it's not just, you know, five guys marching, it's, it's going to be a support vehicles, it's going to be a first aid team, it's going to be, um, you know, uh, uh, everything you need to be able to, to do this, um, you know, safely. And um, hopefully, you know, as we go from place to place, uh, we'll be gathering, you know, a lot of people for periods of it. There might be, you know, 10-mile stretches where we have hundreds or thousands or hell, tens of thousands of people joining us. And then other stretches, there might only be eight or ten people just slogging it across. So that's part of what we're we're figuring out right now. But it's it's coming together. We got a website up now, and um, we got a sponsorship program put together. And um, the other thing that we're doing is we're 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 doing what we're calling mile markers, where any group of people can coordinate a mile stretch of a march. And they can be anywhere, as long as they're marching from west to east. So let's say we're the main march is, is going along through, I don't know, New Mexico, and there's a group up in Montana that says, hey, we want to join you for five miles in Montana. They'll be able to march along with us just on a different uh, parallel line on the map. Hey, there's the first beep already. I'm going to let you finish it up. Okay, well, I thank you because that march is going to bring so much attention, media attention, and it'll help people remember the people like like me in federal prison. I think you're aware of my most recent article where I compare the people down the hall from me that are going to be executed uh, in December and uh, January, right, in the building right next to where I'm in. Right. And, uh, and sadly... They got all kinds of advantages because they murdered, you know, most of them murdered several people. And there's Craig Cecil, folks. And, uh, you know, hopefully you guys were paying attention to what he was saying. I'm going to bring up Janice back up. Janice from Manitoba is live with us.
as well. Uh, hopefully you guys were able to hear what Craig had to say because when we communicate with him and he gets an opportunity to speak with us, it, it makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, um, these actions that we're taking, whether it's these podcasts, organizing these walks, having meetings, getting together, um, it gives him life. I mean, I, I listen to him. Um, you know, imagine what it would be like in federal prison with a life sentence with no possibility of parole. But to know that there's people out here working on your behalf, they're trying to help you, and they're trying to change the world to where you won't have to be stuck there anymore. It's got to matter. It's got to matter. What do you say, Janice? I definitely agree with that, um, especially now where we're at with things, too. Like, he shouldn't he shouldn't be in there anymore, but, uh, geez, it sure takes a long time to to make that change. Well, and, and I think that that's part of the problem is, you know, just like I explained to him how even though, you know, everybody thinks, oh, everything's great in Canada, you got to go tell John Tran that, <laughs> how great it is. <laughs> you know, go tell all these people that, that have suffered um, losing their property, losing their businesses, having their homes raided, and, and all the problems, the same problems we have out here. Um, they, they, they have still and continue to happen up, up there in the Great White North, and it's like people just don't understand that we've still got work to do. And, um, you know, that's what this is all about, sharing these, uh, uh, the camaraderie and, and sharing the information and, and equipping each other. Hey, how is Devin doing? I know he was having some health issues, and I haven't really heard anything. I've been thinking about you guys a lot lately. How's he doing? Um, He's, he's doing better in that regard but still he still has his regular pains and suffering and stuff but um i don't i don't know i guess he he got through uh, through something and but back to his normal like the normal everyday you know suffering chronic pain type thing stones are gone though yeah the stone is gone so yeah that that was a a couple a couple week distraction there so not that it was a good distraction but it was a distraction yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited to hear that you guys are uh, having a meeting, and the 17th is the day I'm returning from Mexico. So um, that that following Wednesday, hopefully you guys can call in and uh, and, and share what's going on. And and um, we have regular um, organizing meetings. Uh, we have I think six or seven committees that are organizing the Walk for Change, and we have. Um, what we're doing is these uh, Zoom conference calls, so it's a it's a web connection and um, it's a video conference. And so, if you or anybody wants to participate um, in any of these calls, we can at least uh, send you the links and the codes and, and what it takes to log in. And and hopefully, you know, you guys can uh, at very least just listen in on what's going on. Yeah, for sure. That sounds good. I know that there was some interest in that when we had mentioned that when you guys were out. So um, when we see those people, they'll be at the meeting, and hopefully they'll be interested in maybe ho- – I'm hoping for someone there participating in maybe a leadership role, but uh, we'll see. Well, I, I am have committed to assisting anybody who has an interest in participating on that level. And, um, you know, we're starting to build a pretty good team. The, the, like I say, there's, I think, six or seven committees that are organizing different elements of the walk, and it's starting to coalesce. We're starting to really get some uh, 
responsible uh, people that are committed, and uh, we're starting to, the new website, walkforchange.us, is starting to take some shape, and, um, you know, I, I'm excited. Um, I, I really strongly believe that this is going to be a defining moment in world history as it takes place. Well, I'm glad I be it's nice that we 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 can take part in that too. So Excellent. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you uh join the show. As you know, I uh, love you guys and uh you just uh always inspire me. You guys out there in the the great white north of the plains of Manitoba and just carrying carrying your head high and and helping us in prohibition. Okay, yeah, sounds good. Um, thanks for uh, having me on the show, and we'll talk soon. And I'll definitely keep you posted after the meeting just to see um, what kind of interest and ideas and who might be interested in. And I'll definitely check out the website. And uh, I don't ch- a couple of Google Docs with you that will connect you to some of the committees, and that way you'll you'll get an email connection to that, and you'll be able to just look at the documents that we're working with. Okay, excellent. Thank you. All right, thank you so much, Janice Davis from our friendly Manitoba chapter. All right, so now we're going to do a little thing on Zoom. So I've got three guests lined up to speak on Zoom. So if you're watching, what's going to happen next is you're going to see a um, another face pop up, and that's what the cool thing about this is. So let's start out with our first guest, Rhonda Eggard, and... I don't have anything on Rhonda, so I'm going to walk into this blindly and explain, show you all how to enter into an interview with somebody you don't know and uh, how to make it work. So this is a lesson of, um, what do you call it, Um, out of the comfort zone. So Rhonda, um, are you there with us? Yes, I am. There you go. Excellent. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I, you have me at a disadvantage at this moment, so why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what's going on. Hi, I'm Rhonda. Um, I'm new to the cannabis industry. I've never tried it before, never used it, but this plant gave me back my life. I've been pharmaceutical-free August 17th. has been five years. I no longer take 44 pills a day or a dilaudid pump. I I broke my neck 19 years ago at at C2. I had 22 neurosurgeries, five spinal cord stimulators, and two surgeries for the dilaudid pump. Um, I was lost in a sea of pharmaceuticals for over 14 years. Wow. I wholeheartedly believe in this plant and that everybody should have the right to use it and medicate with it. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, that story you're telling is such a powerful one. I mean, I can't even imagine going through the things you've gone through. 22 surgeries, like, it's just nothing. You know, I've been through one surgery, and I never want to go through another one. I could not imagine <laughs> 22 surgeries. I mean, you know, the, the magnitude of what you just said there is like most people, I think, it just glossed right over. Yeah, 22 surgeries, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. That's One surgery can be a life changer for people, but imagine going through that multiple times, time after time after time, and then being 
like you said, drowned out with all of these different pharmaceuticals that leave you in a almost a black and white haze. Oh, I was in a haze. I was in a fog. Um, I probably had overdosed over ten times, not at my own hands, but because of the mixture of the medication. Um, when I started to get involved in this, I knew absolutely nothing. And I wholeheartedly believe that it's people like yourself, other organizations that are out there that really need to educate people. Because I had a stigma with people that used cannabis, that they were trolls that lived under a bridge and didn't have a job. <laughs> hey, well, it's not to say that we're not, okay? I do actually have a bridge, and I do go under it sometimes just to be a troll. But, you know... <laughs> for the doctor to take a Xanax or a Valium, have a cocktail, and go back in and see patients. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I've been called crazy by the medical field because when I chose to alleviate the pharmaceuticals, I did it all natural and with just cannabis. And he said, Rhonda, you have seizures. You're going to kill yourself. You're crazy. And I looked at him and I said, well, Dr. Atella, if I die at my own hand, so be it. At least it won't be yours. You know, it's interesting. You have a, a perspective that, like I said, I've dealt with dozens and dozens. I don't know about hundreds, but dozens and dozens of people that have gone through a story that's similar in the way that they were roped into this pharmaceutical, I don't know, nightmare. And, and a lot of times it comes from military injuries and um, but it always seems to come right out of the doctor in the hospital. It's not these people that were out there just seeking drugs. They got hurt. They got blown up. They got in a car wreck. They got whatever. They 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 had seizures. And you know this this Western medical system that seems to say, well, here's how we're going to approach this. We're going to give you this drug and it's going to help with this one thing. But the nature of this drug is such that it's going to have a couple of other little problems, and they're going to cause you to have these side effects that could be harmful. So we're going to go ahead and give you another drug or two to offset that. And then it just turns into this, this cocktail, and it, it could start out as a psych drug. It could start out as a pain medication. It could start out as an anti-seizure medication, but it always seems to morph into this multiple, usually dozens of, of different medicines. And then here's the kicker, and this is the part that just tears me up. Cannabis has the stigma of being this evil or, 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 or taking you into an evil place, and yet who's got the deadly side effects? And, and what medical practice keeps bringing people to this place where – an, a mistake, an error, or a change in your own chemistry can be lethal just like that. You could have a, 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 all of a sudden one drug's not working anymore, so then you have a, a, an overdose, or somehow you accidentally took the wrong thing. I mean, imagine taking 12 pills a day, getting the wrong one, after you three of them are, have psychoactive effects. You know, yeah, it could happen. Happens all the time, right? 
but these are all FDA-approved substances, and they're all prescribed by a doctor with specific dosages as the law allows, right? Well, they don't tell you that once you start on the pharmaceutical train, you become a lifer. Right. They don't tell you that at all, no. I am, I am so grateful I am no longer a lifer. I got my life back. I've gained weight. I, I'm a productive citizen. Before, I could not be. And like I tell the doctors, what's the difference between God and the doctor? Well, God doesn't think he's the doctor. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My dad, when he was alive, was a surgeon, and I spent my childhood around a lot of doctors and you could not be more right these guys i swear to you if if egos ended right here there's in there's begins where everybody else is ends you know it's crazy you know he told me to quit talking to his patients about cannabis because <laughs> this is how he makes his money bad for business yeah I'm still here. I'm still here. You said I would be dead. You know, if I would have listened to the physician throughout the 19 years, I would not be here today. And the only reason I'm here is by the grace of God, the movement, and help from my friends. So people like yourself, Peter, Helen, all the other activists, right on. Because there's so many other people out there like myself. Well, I am... Hey. So that's what I was going to tell you. Rhonda is being very modest. Uh, Rhonda is now a rep of Willow Creek Springs. Awesome. Welcome. Everyone is running Peggy's court case. Oh, wonderful. Rhonda Bless you. Bill. I mean, she is a superstar. She put me and Helen up here for the whole week. Oh.
is one of the ones that are so important. And so, you know, I'm just uh, very grateful that you were able to come aboard, and hopefully you can uh, join the show regularly. I'd love to have you on just as a part of my regular, uh, I've got this sort of regular crew of guests that pop in and check in every now and again, and um, like uh, Janice from Manitoba, she's one of our chapters up there, and she'll pop in and say hi. we got the lovely Helen, she pops in and says hi. Yay! <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, it is absolutely a pleasure, and, and your story is the one that needs to be widely told because cannabis is a plant that has never killed anybody, and we're being told wrong. We've been, we're being told wrong about food, nutrition. For generations, we've been told everything wrong because the people that are making the food, are selling us the food, are telling us what's good and not. Hello. Well, when you finally, you know, get the epiphany and get rid of the pharmaceuticals and you want to go natural, it's a whole new ball game. Yes. Because you have to learn you again because I didn't know who I was for 14 years. Right. Well, I hope you like you. You seem pretty nice. <laughs> It 
will give you a better quality of life. Exactly. So it's a win-win. Well, and it can't hurt you. That's the part that I look when I when I moved forward and decided to to engage this kind of of medicine and helping people. Thirty years ago, even back then, I knew this one fact that it never killed anybody. And here it is, 30 years later, it still hasn't killed anybody. And so to me, I say this, when I talk to people that are afraid and they, they, they're, they're, you know, well, it's not FDA this, it's not this, it's that and that, I just tell them this. I go, you know what, it might not be your miracle cure. You might not even like it. But I know this, it's not going to hurt you. It can't hurt you. It doesn't even know how. So that's, that's the part that that glass of water you have in your hand that could hurt you much easier than this cannabis plant. So it's a good place to start, and it's a, it's a place of confidence that we can go into it and say it's worth a try. And, and so many people like you have found it to be a life-changing, life-altering um, expedition. Oh, most definitely, because I could not be sitting here today if it wasn't for cannabis. And I could not be sitting here today being on all those pharmaceuticals because believe me I was not a good person. <laughs> well, you seem like a really nice person now and I'm looking forward to getting to know you a little bit better. And uh you know, it, it seems like a good place to start. So well Rhonda, I am very, very pleased that uh Pete and Helen brought you aboard and it's funny, we just started like a, a radio team and these guys jumped in and they've helped me out tremendously by organizing a few guests. So like I said, I know they told me about you, but I've been dealing with a, a whirlwind of stuff. And I, I, I saw the name, I'm like, crap, I don't even know who I'm talking to, but it worked out great. <laughs> I do. All right, well, it's up. No, it's my pleasure. And, and uh, I welcome you to come back on the show anytime. And, you know, you, you have... Um, a wealth of experience to share, so I'll, I'll probably be sending some folks your way. Right on. You have an awesome night, and I'm looking forward to the certification on the CBD course. Yep, that will happen soon. Right on. Awesome. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right, so up next, um, let's see, let's go to Tanya Sands. And uh, Tanya has been... Um, fighting a battle and um, dealing with the, da the dark side of prohibition in a way that I wish nobody ever had to. Um, but she's an activist and an advocate, and um, she has a heart of gold, and she's out there, you know, championing not only the plant, but all of us who um, – all of us who believe in the freedoms that were bestowed upon us by our Creator. <laughs> and and uh, Tanya, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. And also a nurse, exactly. Hey, Joe. How are you? I am fantastic. We lost your visual. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure. And I, I love this uh, new format we got so I can actually see the people that I'm talking to now. It, it makes for a better conversation. So... Exactly, exactly. So tell me, um, you know, you've been on the show a couple times a, a while ago, and I know you've been dealing with all kinds of struggles with your health, and um, and yet you remain an advocate and an activist, and uh, you're out there helping people while you're trying to help yourself. 
why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on right now? It's just, 
No, that's not good. Yeah. Exactly. So, but that's, those are the conversations that we're having. That's why, you know, some of us are out there just talking and talking and talking and out there meeting it up and doing what we can. And some people are, are taking their life experience and saying, look, I'm going to, I'm going to let my life experience, which is very personal and, and deep and, and I'll say it again, personal, and I'm going to share it with you so maybe somebody will see it and, and understand and, and look in my eyes and see the humanity and, and then judge me now, <laughs> you know. Cause, you know, it's funny because, right, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Right, that's what I'm talking about is, you know, it's funny. We got this world of social network, right? And you get all these weird and angry people out there do, 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 doing all these crazy weird things. And yet I always say this. When I come to town and we come and we look at each other in the face, those angry people are never there. They never have a word to say. The real people, the humanity. And that's why, you know, this platform is great because we get to look at each other and, and share that humanity. And that's what this is about. That's what the Walk for Change is about. That's what human rights is about. We all have that same right to the same happiness, the same purpose. And as long as we're not hurting your rights, what is your problem? Yeah, exactly. So, well, I'm really, really pleased that you're able to join the show. And we're we're working kind of as a team now between Pete and Helen and my show and um, Candace Dyer's show. We're, we're, we're kind of uh, coordinating guests and, and trying to, you know, as a unified front and, and just having different, you know, we all have our own different demographics that we're reaching to and, and, and different, uh, different folks. So I want to, of course, open up, you know, my platform to your message anytime. Um, I welcome you to the show anytime that you want to come out. And uh, I'm just hoping that, you know, your body is going to realize that you're all right and just leave you alone for a little while. <laughs> Awesome. Well, the feeling's very mutual, and and you know, let's just keep that message going together. That we stand united. We're both, we're we're all on the same team. We're working together. I think that's the key to the message right now. Is let's let's all come together and do this together as one big team. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tanya Sanders. All right. I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you. All right. Let's see what we got. Well, here we are. <laughs> it happened again. We are an hour and 12 minutes into a one-hour show. This is the Cup of Joe, home of the two-hour, one-hour show. Well, we'll see where we go. We'll continue on as we have lots to talk about, lots of people to talk. And uh, let's go forward on our video guest. We have Dana Bland. And uh, Dana Bland is, I finally recently met in person, and uh, Dana is a chapter coordinator from our Missouri chapter, the Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition chapter. And um, him and his wife, Sue, have just uh, gotten through a case, and they're out there advocating on so many people's behalf. And they just coordinated um, the very first rally that is in support of the Walk for Change in Missouri. And I was able to... Uh, come out there a few weeks back and uh, meet Dana in person, and uh, it's been a pleasure. So, Dana, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? 
Dina, are you there? Dina, welcome to the show. Unmute. Hit the unmute button. All right, well, I'm just going to keep... You there? Okay, now. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. We're finally figuring out this Zoom uh, format, and I think I like it quite a bit.
internet just keeps flickering. Well, we're going to keep on going. Uh, keep on checking back. If, uh, we'll, we'll just keep this conversation open, and, and uh, I'll be able to just let you pop in as you can. So, um, you know, talking to Tanya was, was interesting because uh, she represents a group of people that I never thought in a million years I would know so many of. But these are people that were told they were going to die. People that were kind of said, well, you know, you're, you're done, so just go on home and, and do your thing. <clears throat> and I've known, I don't know how many people who, who uh, were basically written off. Well, we've done everything we can do for you, so, uh, you know, yeah, now you can have some cannabis, do whatever you want. And um, I've watched so many of them recover and... Uh, some of them never recovered, but they were they were able to live a long and productive life. So, you know, in some cases, we're all saddled with the disease of being alive. That's going to come to an end one day. So what's the difference if you've got one genetic mutation or another? We've all got issues, and, and you know, we're all here today. I think that's the thing that, that, that matters and what we do with that. Um, yesterday I was uh, out with my wife and I got a phone call from a friend of mine and his name is Adam Asenberg and he's been a guest on the show numerous times and um, you know he called me and told me that he was uh, put in hospice and sent home basically to die and I said to him you know Adam <clears throat> I've known you for a bunch of years, and Adam's a fighter. Adam has gone through, God, he's got some amazing stories of the horrors he's gone through, and he's, he's dealt with debilitating injuries and um, recovered, and then he fought the government and won and then fought the government again and kind of got his ass handed a little bit, but he never gave up, and he's a good guy, and, and he's a chapter coordinator for the Spokane chapter of the Human Solution International. <clears throat> and he called me just to say, hey, I appreciate you being my friend. And I appreciate, um, you know, what what you're doing out there. And I told him, I said, you know, I've been in face-to-face -face with a lot of people over the years that were told by some medical professional that this is it you're you're in your final uh, final final hole of the course whatever it is however you see it and i said you know what i just don't see it that way i say you know what you're here today let's let's plan our next moves and um i was hoping to get to call him today and invite him on the show but uh, today kind of got out of out of hand for me um but I am going to call him tomorrow and invite him on the next show. And uh, just want you guys to know, this guy, Adam, is an amazing guy. I've known him for, well, I met him while we were on the cannabis in 2013, um, going up to Montana for uh, Chris Williams' sentencing hearing. And um, we got to hang out a little bit together, and, and we've, we've communicated through the phone and the Internet for the whole time since then. He's a warrior. Him and his wife, Carla, um, just two amazing people. Salt of the earth, 
activist, activist, and uh, all I can say is I wish there were more people in the world that had his lion heart. So um, just remember, you know, at any given moment, uh, things can change, for better or for worse. And all we have is now, so let's, you know, I don't know, take a minute and think about what are we doing today? What are your plans? What are your goals? You call yourself an activist? What are you trying to do? It's just a question, not a challenge. Well, it could be a challenge if you want it to be. Hopefully, you will take it as a challenge. What are your goals? I have goals. The Human Solution International has goals. And what are you doing about it? You know, what are you doing about it? Where's your, where's your where's the fire in your eyes? And and I'm not saying you have it or don't. I'm not here to judge you. I don't. You know, it's none of my business what you're doing, but it's your business. And I know that if there were more people like Adam out there, more people like Tanya out there, more people like Rhonda, more people like Dina, more people like some of these folks that are working so hard, Pete and Helen and and, and everybody that's out there working hard, people that are working in the front, people working in the background, you know, Becca and Lisa and uh, and Mary and all the folks that are that are that are that are helping out in, in not in the public eye. And then those of us that get stuck in the front trying to trying to rally up folks, what are we doing? What are we doing? I think if you were to take assessment of that and say, well, is this thing that I'm doing helping me get to my goal? And then what's your goal? You know, is your goal some kind of legalization? Or is your goal maybe to take this world to a place where we don't have criminal plants anymore where crimes would be requiring a victim. You know, that's just not crazy to me. You know, we built prisons historically for people that were violent, for people that were uh, a danger to society. We locked them up to protect the others. And then in the past, we've locked up people for, for owing other people money. Now, even that's got a victim. You owe me money, you made me your victim. I'm not saying you should be locked up for it. I'm just saying there's some common sense to those things. <clears throat> now we have people locked up because they uh, were born in the wrong place, because they decided to treat themselves with the wrong medicine, Um they didn't sign a piece of paper correctly, um, and it goes on and on and on. There are many, 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 many victimless crimes, and anything that has to do with cannabis, unless you've stolen it from somebody um, or, or somehow caused harm to somebody, I just can't see with, and I, I consider myself to be a, a thoughtful person. I'm not educated. I never went to college. I have life education. I've lived a pretty rich life, and I've, I try to pay attention. But I try to be aware. I try to be thoughtful, and I, and I care. And I think about things. I think all the time about things, and I think about things that um, are in front of me, and I say to myself, well, why? And I remember when they locked me up the first time, and they had me in a concrete room. That was probably six or seven feet wide and 10 or 12 feet long, and it had bars on it, and I couldn't get out. And, and that threw my common sense 
flag out. And I said, why? And I don't get it. It didn't make sense. And it still doesn't make sense. And and that's that's what brought the fire into my eyes. And I think if we were to look at life a little bit that way and say, well, what's important enough to do something about? And what makes sense and what doesn't? And what are we really upset about? Who is it that we're mad at? You know, I, I've had people this week call me some ridiculous names. I've had one guy call me stupid. And I was like, really? You don't even know me. And you're going to call me stupid? Wow. I wonder if we were to sit in the same room and talk for 10 minutes if you'd think the same. But in a public forum on Facebook, we can say anything we want. I had another person who uh, declared that I was supporting some restrictive legalization bill and was so sure of herself that she brought in somebody else to prove it. Well, of course, it didn't happen, and it wasn't true, so it turned into nothing, but it turned into this train wreck on Facebook for 10 minutes. So I was like, really? And this is a person that five, six years ago I actually stopped and helped with her case. And I thought to myself, wow, when you called me up all scared and, and, and you know, hurting, and, and I listened and I was there and trying to help, I didn't, wasn't able to do everything you wanted, but, you know, I tried. It was a different conversation. I just can't help but think, what if we were to remember the important things and and just put it in our head? You know, if you have kids or grandkids or, or, or you know somebody who does, don't you want to make a better world for them? Don't you want to make this place a place where the innocent people don't have to suffer because of the insolence and, and, and greed and 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 just bad behavior of the people that are here. I, I, I really think it's that important. You know, that's really what this show's all about. That's all the human solution is really about, trying to make the world a little bit better, trying to make the world a better place. I got called out by an activist, somebody who I thought was a part of the team. I got called out for not doing enough to help out this person that we're already helping out. I want to lay a little something out, and this is, again, it, it's not about these people. It's not about these incidents. It's about, it's about the truth. It's about what's right. It's about what we're actually doing. There, there are people here that are working hard to make the world a better place. And the Human Solution is an all-volunteer organization. None of us get paid. You know, if we ever raise money, it's so that we've got some printed materials or some T-shirts or some way to get the information out about what we're doing. That's what we do with the money that we've ever raised. And we have a <clears throat> bunch of defendants that we're helping right now. And I've got a chapter out in Kansas that's a small chapter, only got a handful of members. But, man, these people have put their heart and soul into helping people. <clears throat> And this isn't something that we went out and got any glory for, but it's important enough that I think we bring it up. We have a defendant that we were helping out, <clears throat> had a problem with their house, had her kids taken away because of the condition of the house in, in conjunction with other things, and was told that unless that house got brought into shape that she couldn't be with her kids. And... She raised up some money, and we put together a, a fundraiser, and we raised up a little bit of money, and 
my team out there in Kansas got a contractor to donate his time, and between the money we raised and the money that she raised, we got the materials needed. And a handful of us donate every time, and there's not a huge amount of people that do this, but there's a handful of us that religiously uh, uh, come to the table and help out, and the same thing happened this time. <clears throat> and they went out there for three weekends and put this house back together in such a way that it's going to make a difference. And I got called out because we didn't do something or another correctly, and I thought to myself, you know, if more of us would just decide to work together and instead of pointing fingers and saying, you're not doing it right or why aren't you doing this or this or that or the other thing, maybe give a call and say, hey, what's going on? You need help? Or this person needs a little something. Is there anything we can do? I don't know. Maybe approach it a little bit differently. The, the biting uh, ways that we communicate are, are ineffective at best and harmful at worst. <clears throat> and I just want to, you know, bring up how this works. We're an all-volunteer organization. And we don't work your case in the sense of you just come to us and we take over. I don't know. I keep hearing people say, oh, we're working the case and we're doing that. I'm like, well, I don't know what that even means. So what I know, what we do is we'll look over your case and we'll talk about what we know, share our experiences with you. We'll organize support to be there for you because we're humans helping humans. And if there's something specific that you need, and if we can help, we do. That's what we do. We, we, we'll, we'll tell the story. We'll uh, bring stories to the media when we need to. Uh, we'll give you a platform to share your story, these podcasts and other, other assorted things. That's what we do. There's not a, a, a guarantee that somebody's going to put a Facebook event up in this certain way or that way, and if they don't do it, they're not wrong. You know, defendants are responsible for handling their own shit, and we're here to help any way we can. But we got to get it through our heads that that's, what this is, that's how this works. We're volunteers, people helping people. And we're going to do the best we can. But I say this. Why don't we spend our time saying, what can I do to help? Not pointing our fingers at what the other person is doing or not doing. If I had more people calling me up saying, what can I do to help? We would be done. We would be done. If I had one person offer to help to every person that has a, a problem or a complaint or an accusation or Whatever the negative thing is, we'd be done a long time ago. I'd be fishing right now instead of trying to end prohibition. So that's it. That's what I have to say. What are you doing? What? Can we go to the lake yet? Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to fish. Um, but we will. We will soon. I can feel it. It's darkest before the dawn, and the dawn's are coming. So... That's what the Walk for Change is going to bring. It's going to bring the light. It's going to bring us all together. And uh, I think when we all see each other and look each other in the eyes, we're going to realize that this is all worth it, that we're all people, and, and, and this is important enough to put our whatevers aside and get to work. 
All right, so 6.34, an hour and a half into an hour-long show. I got Pete Yapel and Tom Corby left. We're going to do this, folks. I might slide in under time. Let's see where we're at. We got Pete Yapel. Pete and Helen, um, they were just in there with Rhonda a minute ago, and uh, they are currently on the road. They're our Solidarity Over Separation chapter that is currently on the road, and uh, they're helping out participating, um, putting the word out, um, doing what they can to help us end prohibition, and here we are live on the air. Pete and Helen, welcome to the show. Hi. Good evening, everyone. Yeah, um, How's it great going? show How's it night. It's, go- it's going good. I had I had to laugh when Rhonda was interviewing at first, because like I said, she's she's so modest, and she's just sitting there, and I'm like, my God, woman, you know. You've got, and we've heard her story. We've been blessed to spend, like I said, a week here. You know, when we did the Glass City event, we uh, were we've been staying at Rhonda since then. Prior to that, we had a week with Tanya, uh, and got to spend time with her family and her, uh, uh, and her. Uh, we got some great video footage. She was a doll about giving us an interview that we're going to give to the walk, as well. You know, to be put up so people can truly understand her story and know. You know what this girl goes through uh, just on a daily basis. Like she said, she can't even eat any longer. It's it's really a struggle. You know when when people see her on her videos, you know you just don't see enough of what she tends with until you live it with her, and it's uh, it's overwhelming to say the least. So to 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 see that and then to see what she does is truly amazing. Uh, It's so heartfelt. It's so real and so raw. And 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 yeah, it's, I just can't say enough about it. It's something that everybody, you know, needs to get a full understanding of because, you know, we complain a lot in this country (laughs) about a lot of little things. You wouldn't do that if you saw how she was and what she has to tend with every second of every day. At 38. I agree. I think that that's part of the problem that we have. And, you know, it's funny because it shouldn't be a problem. It should be something that we celebrate is that we, most of us really don't have that many problems. And even if, you know, we're living paycheck to paycheck, but we got a house, a roof over our head and running water and, and, and a water heater, electricity and stuff that, you know, two thirds of the world doesn't have regularly. And yet we are the most whining, bitching, you know, angry, pissed off group of people I've ever met. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If we spent, you know, one-tenth the energy we did in trying to find fault or trying to argue a situation rather than to get together and actually make a change, you know, we'd be successful over and over. And we understand this. You know, we've been blessed to, you know, be on the road and – we got to say, you know, we've been from one end of Ohio to the other, and it's not just been for people that are sick. It's been for people that are in court. It's and and the stories are the same. You know, it, it, it people are tired, and it's just about getting people to understand that we're never going to make these change. These changes will never happen unless we make them happen. And there's no reason to do it in any other way than just peacefully with authority. But at still the same time, 
you know, uh, getting our points across. We live in a world right now where we can't eat the food that we are, that is grown. We can't take the medicines that are given, you know, that are handed out as cures. You can't even take vitamin supplements because those vitamin supplements don't even have nutrition in them. So, I mean, it, we, we, take it, we take a substance to make us sick, to get us to a doctor, to make us sick again. And like you said, then the repetition of one pill to solve another pill comes in. And we truly don't need these things. You know, the true definition of only way we can eat healthy anymore is just if we grow it ourselves and eat it raw. Because once we convolute it with even water, with fluoride and stuff that it's contaminated with, all we're doing is completely dumbing ourselves down. So in order to get the res- – we, we have to understand we have the responsibility. We allowed these things to happen. We blindly sat back and just let make people make decisions for us that weren't healthy, weren't in our best interest. You know, uh, we have to remember a, a, a senator's job and a and a and and someone that sits in Congress. The only their only job is to get reelected. Truly, that's the only mission that they have once they get in office. Their party doesn't care that they do anything else, nothing else. As long as they're back in office, that's all that really matters. And that's not why they're elected, and that's not why we do that. This we're proud. You know, we're emissaries for the Libertarian Party as we're on the road as well. You know, and we're proud. We have 44 new people voted in as libertarians. So it's not just a two-party system anymore. People are starting to understand that Bobby that third eye kind of matters. Um, Bobby wants us to zoom in um, right now. Well, if you'd like us to zoom in, we, we could, but Ron is kind of on the computer. But um, And Joe's kind of running yeah, short of time. Um, but um, <laughs> we truly – you know, we're truly out here, guys. We're headed from here. We go to, um, we go to. That's fine. We go to um, uh, Atlanta on the 11th for the Veterans Day rally with James Mason, and from there we are in Arkansas and Fayetteville. We do on the 14th a radio show with Wendy Love, and then um, we do uh, we have a rally in Fayetteville on the 17th, y'all. So it's a great place to go. Then we're off towards Texas. I mean, the next event we are scheduling is going to be in the Houston area somewhere around uh, December 9th. But keep following us, guys. Go to the Walk for Change, www.walk4change.us. Like Joe said, the map across where we're going to walk is being plotted. There's places on there where you guys, if you can help, help. If you want to submit your story, why you would walk, you know, there's a link to even do that. It's very interactive, and, and, and listen, it's the only way we're going to make the changes we want to see. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure working with you guys in organizing this, and I know we got a long way to go, and uh, we, still need, uh, we still need more helpers. And, uh, you know, it's, just, it's, it's, it's happening, though. It's exciting to watch piece after piece fall into place. The first sponsors are starting to come in, and uh, we're going to start having, uh, you know, the, the events are going to start getting calendared up on the on the new calendar, and the new website for the Human Solutions is going to be uh, uh, working pretty quickly, and the, um, the walkforchange.us site is coming, uh, is coming alive. We're going to start to be able to see the sponsors. We're going to, uh, we've already got a number of stories, um, and all of this stuff is coming to life right now. So it's exciting. We've been talking about it for a few months, but it's starting to happen, and um, the, the course is getting plotted. So 
It's time for you to decide that you want to be a part of this in whatever way, shape, or form. You can set up your own little mile marker walk and march for a mile um, from west to east somewhere in where you're at, or you can join the main march as we trek across the country. So awesome. Pete and Helen, um, anybody want to get involved with the Solidarity Over Separation chapter of the Human Solution traveling across the country right now? How do they get a hold of you? Well, they can always visit our website, www.canawetalk42smallo.com, or they can just call me, 845-522-3162. I just want to say to everybody really quick before we get off the phone, again, just remember, if we spend all of this time in fighting, we will never get this done. We all have the same common goal. We don't have to agree but we have to agree that ending prohibition is truly the only solution. I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, it's starting to work. One by one, we're getting leaders um, from around the nation and in, in, in other countries uh, stepping up going, yeah, you know what, I like what you guys are doing. It's happening. They look back at our history of 10 years of, of uh, championing human rights, and they say, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm – Count me in. And so it's starting to happen, and I think that that's kind of what brings out some of the, I don't know what you want to call it, the stuff that's not that. <clears throat> I think it's fighting to, to, to be relevant. And here's what I have to say about that. There's room for everybody. Uh, this is not um, about glory. This is not about spotlight. This is not about um, anybody being a star. This is about all right. of us standing together. Being that solidarity fish, you guys ever see the the, the image of, of the little fishes swimming around and the big fish comes and is eating them up? And then the next yep. image is all the little fishes get together and they form the shape of a giant fish and they chase off the big fish. That's what we are. We're the solidarity fish. And nobody needs a name. It doesn't matter. We're the team. We're, we're, we are the people. We're marching. We're walking. We're standing together, we're speaking with one voice, we're beating out a rhythm with one drum, and that's what's going to make the change. Absolutely. We are the 99% against that one. Just remember that. I mean, gosh, every if you, like Joe's saying, it's the same thing. You ever get stung by one bee or have you ever stepped on a bee's nest? It's completely different. You know, like one bee you can shoo away, but a, a swarm of them? Please, man, it does, it does make a difference. Absolutely. Join the swarm, folks. All right, Pete, Helen, always a pleasure, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking probably tomorrow. Yep, noon conference, noon phone conference. Beautiful. All, All right, right, you guys. Nine o'clock. You nine o'clock your time. Sorry. <laughs> I <don't> <laughs> confuse you. <laughs> there we go. All right, have a good night, Joe, and everybody. Have a great night. Good night. You got it. All right, we got Tom Corby to close this down here, and uh, let's see what Tom has to say today. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. Oh, I want to thank you, Joe, always, and Becca, Mary, and all those on the front line. Of course, Lisa Woolridge, our vice president, and Bobby Rodrigo in the Coffee Party Radio Show, which, in fact, these are historical shows, and you're all a part of history. Uh, also, 
I uh, also want to send a special thank out to Becca Nichols. Uh, yes, she's doing her job very well. Uh, I have a check signed here, made out by her, signed by Joe Grumbine. Thank you. Uh, what's that say about the Human Solution International? Uh, a while back, some of you might know, uh, Harry Kutro Lowe also, uh, we sent wanted to send $20 into a defendant on a fundraiser. Uh, posted $70 up there. Generally, when you get 70 then it offers you anywhere from 5 to whatever you want, but it didn't. It just took the $70. So uh, I made I uh, let Becca know, and Joe knows, and they have the check here now back for $50, I uh, just want to say that, yes, if there's a problem, the Human Solution International will take care of that. Uh, we'll talk about that. Also, we want to thank uh, uh, a special uh, thanks here from Frank Canan. Thank you for my Human Solution sponsorship. Hey, thank yes. you for being a sponsor. <laughs> of course. Right. Well, when we talk about activists uh, like Craig Cecil, and we talk about what happens inside these prisons, a broken arm, uh, come on. And so when, when when you stand your ground inside those prisons like George Monterano did and how he survived 33 years without getting snuffed out, when I say that, when I say that, uh, uh, I want to uh, send a special uh, a rest in peace uh, to our activist and also advocate Thorne Peters. Uh, a couple of days ago, he was found dead, dead in Shelby Prison, I believe that's in New York City, and. Uh, one way or the other, they murdered him. He, uh, if you've been following Thorn Peters, I don't know how you can help not to when we talk about activists uh, and warriors and icons. So he actually had, I believe, at least 10 judges drop his case. They would not let him take it to trial. This is a problem when you get busted by the, on a federal level because they're going to use the control, Controlled Substance Act and Schedule 1 against you. So it's, it's really hard for folks uh, when they when they get sent up. Joe's brought this many times uh, for life without parole, and then they get a deal that somehow they just have to make some kind of deal. It's sad to say that. Uh Oh, just a special uh, condolence to uh, Linda, uh, Thorne's wife, Linda, and their family. What a tough time they're going through. This is what happens when when we go to prison or jail for a plant. Uh, it separates uh, husbands and wives. It causes people to take their life or the police do or in what is happening inside these prisons and as I always post 
We want to build schools, not prisons. Look at the money they're making on these prisons and all these prisoners getting a dollar a day for hard labor. So, as always, our goal and vision is not legalization, it's more laws and regulation. Legally, legalize, legalize. And that's what's screwing us mom and pop growers. We hope it's a step to our goal. Descheduled cannabis, it should be a no schedule and then prohibition. Being all our POWs, no one should go to jail for our planet. I want to thank you all today and also uh, Darius and Suzanne's here today. Hi, sorry I'm in tears with his speech. I just got back, but I reiterate everything that Tom Corby said and and yeah, nobody should go to jail or prison for our beautiful plant. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, I, I don't know very, what we do. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate and agree. Yes, we do too. What would we do without these two right here, Donna and I? And Donna's hanging in there. So am I. Tough getting old. Life's a bitch, then you die. <laughs> yeah. uh, sometimes. Okay, well, thank you. Everybody again today and all those on the front line coming together, volunteering to end this war on our cannabis plant, which, by the way, is a sacred plant. And medicinal, believe me, I've been using cannabis for 53 years. All those years, I thought, oh, getting high. So what does getting high make? What's that mean when they say, Oh, you're getting high and you're dealing drugs. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. What about the drug stores and big farm, the real drug dealers out there? So, again, thank all today. And uh, as Donna always says, and don't forget to breathe. And always looking forward to hearing, hearing Willie. Thank you again today. All right, Tom Corby, NorCal Chapter, Lion of a Man and his team. Um, Thank you for being there. Thank you for doing everything you're doing. And thank you all for being here this week, and we'll see you all next week. Good job, Tom. Good job. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the Human Solution supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said, Tom.